Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson coming to you from a gloomy, smoky Pittsburgh right now. It's kind of crazy. Weird effect on the world right now here. But anyway, I'm not here to talk about that. What I am here to talk about is an ESPN list. Yep, it is list season, folks. But I'm going to put a different spin on it. What Mike Clay and Seth Walder, real quick, Mike Clay is from Philly. He's a heavy fantasy guy, but he's also their NFL dude that ranks every secondary one to 32, every linebacker. So it's not just fantasy. He's super smart. I have a lot of respect for Mike. I overlapped with him at at ESPN way back when. He was new when I was kind of on my way out. And Seth Walder is their analytics guru. Both do excellent work of no offense to the others at ESPN, but if I had two people there putting a list together in a joint effort, they would be two of my first draft choices. And what they did, very simple exercise. We're going to rank every NFL roster 1 to 32. Wow. Okay. So, I'm not going to read the whole list to you. You can go see it at ESPN.com. I don't think it's under a paywall or whatever. Be a long podcast. We're not going through every strength and weakness of every team. But I did take an interesting spin on it. And first off, we're going to start the podcast by saying, Steelers come in at 14. I don't really have a problem with that. You know, to put that into perspective, Seattle's at 12. Denver's at 13. I would have Denver lower, frankly, and I'd have the Steelers over Denver. Steelers come in at 14. Um, Right behind them is the Jags at 15. People are pretty excited about that team. And Minnesota at 16. You know, and they won both those teams were playoff teams last year. So I think they're properly ranked. Of course, you're going to put a little more weight on quarterback. I mean, Kansas City's one. They wouldn't be one for me, but hey, they got Mahomes, you know. So I want to kind of talk about what they say about the Steelers. They say their strongest unit, edge rusher. Hard to argue that. I mean, TJ Watt missed a chunk of last season, but the 28-year-old remained an impact player when healthy, you know, had a, a very good pass rush win rate that they mentioned. And led the NFL and has led the NFL with 70.5 sacks over the last five years. Running mate Alex Highsmith finished six in the league with 14 and a half sacks. Underrated veteran Marcus Golden, who has three 10 plus sack seasons, and youngsters, DeMarvin Leal, who I would not call an edge. I think they're mistaken there. And Nick Herbig provides solid depth. Pretty good foursome. Again, I'm not putting Leal in that mix. I like Herbig as a four special teamer spot player. The golden signing I can't speak high enough about. There's just a quality depth dude. High Smith's ascending, Watts a star. So do you have any qualms with that? I mean, I think if you were to pick their strongest unit, edge rusher is pretty good. Pretty good. I, I think D tackle's pretty good as well. So their front is going to be hard to deal with. I 100% agree that their weakest unit, though, the Steelers, is off the ball linebacker. Sort of by design, they're not putting a ton of, you know, a ton of uh, resources into it. If you're better, I'd rather be really strong in the secondary, really strong in the front. But off the ball linebacker was their weakest position group to me last year and remains that way, even though it's a total house clean. So here's what they say about them. Steelers made a full online change at inside linebacker during free agency, replacing Miles Jack and Devin Bush and Robert Spillane with Cole Holcomb, Melandon Roberts, and Tanner Muse. We all know that. And Muse might play some more defense than we realize. Holcomb has been, a, has been solid as an every-down player in Washington the last two seasons, but Roberts and Muse have primarily been rotational players. 
Can't argue with any of that. And I do think Holcomb is solid with potential to be more than that. Not Jack Lambert, Kendrell Belton, but more than solid. X factor. Some of these X factors are interesting. George Pickens. His 99 catch score, which was best in the whole league, and we've talked about that months ago, fueled a successful rookie year and gave Pickens the upside if he can develop as a route runner and get open more frequently. He he posted a below average 48 open score last season, according to Steelers or according to ESPN analytics and next gen stats. And this is what I've been telling you about Pickens. Really good catch point, really good hauling it in, contested catch guy, needs to get open more often, especially against zone. And some of that's just recognition, some of it's scheme. But what if Pickens is a star? You know, I think that's not the craziest movie script to write that he turns into a star. Non-starter to know, and this isn't one that I 100% agree with. They would not have been my pick. There's a lot of non-starters on this list that I, I would pick over Nick Herbig. Just talked about him being the fourth, in my opinion, edge guy. So I don't know how much he'll play. But at Wisconsin last season, Herbig had 11 sacks along with strong pressure rates. I do know that he scored really well in their analytical pressure rate stuff, as well as 11 sacks. That production gave him the 10th highest sacks projection in the entire draft class. That's something I didn't know and I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, of all the, all the pass rushers in this class, he had the 10th best in terms of their analytics. Um, despite being a fourth round pick. So they think he's a steal, you know, and a lot of that's production based. And I get it. I mean, I'm not going to fight him that it's a good pick. I just don't know that he's the non-starter to know. I mean, to me, how about Austin? How about Washington? How about Hayward? How about Warren? How about Leal? Benton? I mean, Joey Porter Jr. is not listed as a starter here. So, uh, the depth, I think, is a real strength of this team. So there would be a lot of non-starters to know. Um, break time. And then I found something interesting is I went through this list. I'll tell you in the backside. Let's take a little break. Sip of water time. All right, again, I think the two guys writing this list do good work. I respect their work, and I agree 90% of their rankings. Like, I thought Denver was a little too high, blah, blah, blah. You know, nitpicking. So what I did was I pulled up the Steelers' schedule and said, who is everyone on the schedule and where is their roster ranked in the league? So let's go through that and then... There were some trends that I put together after analyzing those 17 games. So they lead off with San Fran, eighth best roster in the league. Okay. Follow that with the ninth best roster, the Browns. So the Steelers, side note, were fourth in the division. So Baltimore was 11. Steelers were 14. Baltimore was 11. Cleveland was nine. Cincy was five. And again, this is a little nitpicky. But I think we'd all agree since he is one. I honestly think Cleveland, Baltimore, Steelers are same tier, very similar in terms of how good their roster is. So anyway, you lead off with San Fran, the eighth best roster. Then you got the Browns, ninth best roster. 
Vegas is the 21st best roster on this league. Houston, not surprisingly, 29th. As mentioned, the Ravens are 11. Then you have a bye. So you get three of those tough games or, you know, games that have supposedly a better roster than you out of the way before the bye. And then you come back and play the Rams, who had the 31st, second to worst. Jacksonville's right in your neighborhood, as mentioned. That's 15. And then in week nine, you get Tennessee, the 28th best roster. Bad. And then you come back and play the Packers, who they have as the 23rd best roster. Then you get back-to-back games against the Ohio teams. Cleveland, they're ninth. Cincy, that's five. First time you play the Bengals. And then you get the 32nd best roster, your Arizona Cardinals. And I can't agree more. Their roster is horrible. New England's one of the AFC teams lower than the Steelers as well. They come in at 20. You get them in week 14. The Colts, 30th overall in roster. You get them in week 15. Bengals again, so they're number five. Seattle, you finish it out with teams that are on your tier in terms of roster. And who knows what the tier, the teams will look like in 17 and 18. But you get Seattle at 12, best roster. Baltimore with the 11th best roster. So here's what I did, though is I added up all those rosters, you know, 8 plus 9 plus 21, blah, 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 divided it by 17. The average game that the Steelers play this year, and remember, they have the 14th best roster in the league, but the average game they play this year will be against the 17.6th best roster in the league. Like, there's some good ones, there's some bad ones. But for the most part, according to this, which isn't gospel, you are playing inferior rosters than yours when balanced out over 17 games over the course of the season. So there's eight of them that were better than the Steelers at 14, eight games, including six in the division. So there's only two outside the division that have a better roster than you, which frankly, I would rather play divisional games against teams that have better rosters than me because of the familiarity, Tomlin knows them, all that good stuff, you know. So that's kind of promising to me. If you have eight teams with a better roster than you, six of which are the teams you know the best. So there you have it. Which, and I'm sure you guys can figure out the math, you then have nine that have a worse record than you, none of which are which in the division. So here's a couple other little nuggets I found. They play... None of the teams in the top four, remember the Bengals are five, and they only play one in the top seven. So they play the Bengals twice. So I guess they have two in the top seven, two games, but one team in the top seven. That's the Bengals. Again, the next best teams are San Francisco and Cleveland. You play those guys, they're eight and nine. And what was the last thing? Oh, here's the biggest note is every team – So. 32nd ranked team, 31, 30, 29, 28. The five worst teams on this list, what they think are the five worst rosters in the league, all are on the Steelers' schedule. Every one of them. I mean, the five worst rosters in the league. Does that mean you're guaranteed to go 5-0 and against them? Absolutely not. That's not how the league works. You lose games you shouldn't. The other guys get paid too. But if you win four or five of those games, I mean, you certainly could sweep them, but you probably should win four or five. That gets you to four or five wins right there against the easiest portion of your schedule. Splitting the division? 
even if you win two out of six in the division, I mean, you're still going to be right in the hunt. So this schedule and just another way of looking at it, I found it fun. You know, so overall, the Steelers are the 14th best roster. Their opponents collectively have the 17.6 best roster. And none of the top four, one in the top seven, every team in the bottom five. All right. Now that that was fun, over and out. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.